Hello and welcome to the Rev It Up Podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jess Tiffany. Ready, set, go. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of the Rev It Up Podcast. We have a wonderful guest today, Ashley Tapp. Uh, she empowers leaders to be who they need to be, improving businesses by integrating systems that allow for massive growth. You started your business because you had dreams, goals, and plans. She helps you get back to your why and start living the life you've always dreamed. Your change starts now. And with that, thank you, Ashley, for being on our show today. And uh, before we get, yeah, before we get into things, could you tell people where to find you specifically online? Uh, yes, absolutely. So my website is my name. So it's ashleytap.actioncoach.com. Um, and then on LinkedIn, I'm Ashley Tap. There's usually two of us that come up. I am not the chess player. I'm the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. So um, so can you tell us a little bit about your uh um, at your previous uh, profession and how that kind of moved you into the coaching uh, realm? Yeah. So I've spent the last 15 years actually working in small businesses, um, side by side with the owners and the CEOs, um, figuring out how do we run a successful business? Um, I know that being a business owner, you have everything on your shoulders um, and you chose that path, which is, which is fantastic. We need lots of business owners out there. Um, small business really, you know, runs, runs our world and runs our economy. But, you know, there's, there's good and bad. There's, hey, I, I, I worked for someone um, and I thought that there was a better way. And then you get the business going. Um, and then all of a sudden you find out you're working for a lunatic, except for the lunatic is yourself now, um, because you're back to that 80, 90 hours. You're not making it home for dinner. Um, and so then you get to the point where, okay, I need to hire an some employees. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden you become a manager. And then when you become a manager, uh, even if you have an MBA from the best university, that, that doesn't actually teach you how to run a business. Mm. Um, and so my role for basically my entire career has been to really work side by side with those business owners and figure out the plan, um, figure out how do we both grow the business um, while also sustaining a little bit of mental cohesiveness, um, and being able to make it home for dinner. And in my latest role, I was a strategic initiatives manager. So that, that really was specific to developing our five-year plan, three-year plan, one-year plan, and then figuring out the steps that we need to take every day, um, you know, from the owner standpoint to our leadership team, and then trickling it into our hourly employees. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you've been, uh, kind of uh, grooming for this position for years, uh, just didn't know it until you got there. Yes, exactly. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, you sent me this book called The Business Coach by CEO of Action Coach, Brad Sugars. Um, and uh, I did talk to him on uh, um, LinkedIn and told him I met you and he said, you're a, a class act. So I, I, I will take his word for that. And, uh, but I wanted to ask you about some of the, the stuff in the book uh, just to kind of uh, help me stay on track uh, with some awesome questions that I think we can generate out of this. So, um, so this is out of, uh, I don't know what chapter this is, but it's um, 
It talks about the first stage of growing any business is about making sure we deliver profitability, productivity, and with enough information to make great decisions. And I guess I wanted to get kind of your take on uh, maybe a couple of things that can help with um, both profitability and pro productivity. Yes. So that's speaking to the very first steps that we, uh, when we go into a business that we want to make sure that you have. So that's our foundation. That's kind of a mastery of foundation. And it's bringing kind of your chaos to control. Um, so from a profitability standpoint, do we know how to go get money if we need it? You know, if we have payroll coming up and we have um, um, accounts receivable that needs to get in, do we know what we can quickly do in our business to be able to go get some new clients, sell some extra products? Can we do a package deal? Can we do a discount? Can we, you know, what can we do to quickly do that mm. from a, a profitability standpoint? Yeah. Um, and then from a productivity standpoint, um, it's making sure we have kind of the vision. So the big vision, I know it's kind of a, a fun word that a lot of people are kind of throwing out right now, mm -hmm. vision and mission and things like that. But it, it is, you have to know where you're going. Otherwise, you don't know where you're going. Um, you know, we're in Minnesota here. So I'm planning a, a road trip to California. Um, I, I'm going to map that out. I'm going to have a roadmap for how I'm going to get there. And then once I know, you know, I'm going from Minneapolis to San Diego, then I can say, okay, um, that's a really long drive. So how can, can I add some little fun spots in between there mm. so that I can make the most productive and the most fun, have fun on the way. Um, and I think that's where a lot of business, business owners can get lost in the, well, I, I just want to grow my business or I just want to X. Well, let's get that vision and mission out there and we can always change it. Yeah. Um, but if we have a roadmap for where we're going, then we can add those little things in and your vision and mission will change, but at least we had a starting point. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. Uh, good stuff. And can you tell, guide us a little bit on like the, what's the process you go through from like, you know, the five-year vision down to the three month down, you know, down all the way down to the daily task. Obviously there's a process there. Absolutely. Yep. So I, um, we actually have a product called Ascend and it's a big heaping, uh, it's actually a five-year uh, it's like 72 pages that that comes out of it, but it's a full two days. Um, I sit down with you and we go through everything. And you can actually take this plan to the bank if we need additional funding for, you know, new equipment or bringing on new staff or right now having to have all the protection and the guards um, in between employees and that kind of thing. But it, it's a really big plan. And a lot of times when business owners, you know, start their business, they had to put that together to be able to get their initial funding or get going. Yep. And then now you look in the drawer in the back of the office and it's all dusty sitting back there. Um, so how can we, you know, our methodology is, yes, we need to have this big plan for multiple reasons, but how do we make it executable? Mm. So we start with that and then we do our 90 day planning. Um, and even that a lot of, a lot of, you know, plans are again, five or six pages. Um, I get it down to one. I get it down to one page. It's on your office while you look at it every day. And we don't, we don't bombard ourselves, you know, as business owners, there's always going to be kind of that shiny penny or that kind of fire or things that kind of come up, especially if we're new into our business or new into coaching, where we're still trying to turn that um, chaos into, into comfort and relaxation. Um, so, so if we put it on one plan, you look at it every day and we only pick a couple of things, you know, if we pick two or three things that we, we need to get done this quarter, 
If you get it done in one month, that's fantastic. Let's pull a couple more out because we also have our one-year plan. So it's not like the plan ever ends. We can pull things out of there. But if there's a, you know, in March of last year, we shut down, it's like, holy heck, we have to completely shift of what we're doing. So maybe some of those things didn't get done, but they don't go away. We still have them documented um, and, and we just work from there. Okay. And of those businesses that have, you know, had to make that big pivot, is there like one or two standouts that you've kind of seen uh, in, in your career uh, with how they pivoted through the crisis? Uh, yes. Um, so I think the, so restaurants, I know there's a lot of conversation. That's definitely, there's a lot, lots of different models, but, a, but I think businesses that were very much into the sit down experience um, and they have an experience where it's the candlelight, it's who greets you at the door. It's the way that the restaurant smells when you walk in, how can we recreate that when, you know, Uber Eats or someone is coming to pick up our food, you know, and, and drop it off. Right. So it's been those restaurants that have been able to capture some of those things, um, whether it be in the packaging, whether it be in the follow-up, um, whether it be in kind of the direct advertising. Um, I've seen a lot of, a lot of restaurants kind of start to reach out more on their Facebook mm. uh, profiles and everything to kind of, it's, it's a different relationship now yeah. um, where it's potentially more of your local folks coming in and wanting to support you rather than just trying to say, I want to market to everyone. It's no, I want to market to these people. Kind of yeah. Thing. Well, that's, that's great. Yeah. The, it's, it's making those changes and, and uh, you know, thinking creative, cre creatively and outside of the box sometimes things like that. Um, I know um, I've had, um, so now, if you can see in the screen here, um, for those listening, it's a digital business card, but these have uh, NFC chips in them. And literally you can, so at the restaurants, they can just literally go and set it next to your phone and it pops up on your screen and then you can order your food. And then they have a backup on the backside of a QR code. So just in case you don't have the NFC technology in it, but it's kind of a cool, you know, br bridging that gap for, you know, not having to touch, you know, um, keeping the social distancing and stuff a little bit and stuff, uh, not touch, not, not having to touch uh, menus and stuff, but, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I've seen all kinds of stuff out there that, uh, that really, uh, uh, you know, some people have really been creative. So, um, so on this one here, it says um, it is vital to know your numbers each day, week, month, uh, so you can make decisions for the future. Can you tell us how you kind of, uh, how you, how you keep track of numbers and, and make things, um, you know, uh, easier to see where you're going in the future. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of business owners that run their numbers when they go do their taxes at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and that's what they know, you know, um, what, what's, what's tracked is measured. And for my clients, we get to the point where we not only know our numbers on a monthly basis, but we break them down. We, we coincide them with their goals. We break them down to a weekly uh, number and then even a daily number. And one of the numbers that often gets missed is your break-even point. Mm. And that's going to be different for every industry. But, you know, do you need to know your break-even for the, for the month or for the week? Or really, a lot of business need, businesses need to know their break-even by the day. Mm. So at what point, if your employees and everyone, you know, production starts at 6 a.m., are we breaking even at noon? Or are we not even breaking even until we get to 6 or 7 p.m.? Mm. Because those are two different formulas. If we're having to if we're not even breaking even by 6 or 7 p.m., well, what happens if a shiny penny comes up or, you know, a fire happens or something comes in that disrupts that? 
now we haven't broke even for that day. And that doesn't go away. That just rolls into the next day. Right. So that by being able to break it down that way, you're not, you're not looking at it as a big month. You're looking at it as a day or a week and you can quickly make those changes. So if truly our breakdown or our break even requires 12 or 13 days, do we need to add a second shift? Do we need to add another employee? Do we need to, we can quickly make those decisions rather than waiting, you know, sometimes a year um, or even a month, we can, we can pivot much quicker. Hey everybody, Jess here. What if I could help your company find over $100,000 in hidden revenue streams in less than an hour without spending an extra dime on advertising or marketing? Reach out to me at cardzap.thebumpcard.me. Check out the video on five steps to profit and also reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you. That's great information. Yeah, it's sometimes I, I... Even for myself, I don't think about that stuff that as often as I should, um, you know, as far as keeping track of that stuff. Um, and so um, it's, it says that uh, you can kind of figure out your uh, key, pro- or excuse me, you can predict your future profits by measuring your KPIs, um, uh, which is key performance indicators. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what that process looks like and how people can kind of uh, identify those measurements? Absolutely. So uh, we, we developed the KPIs, and we have this, we talked about the plan, the five-year, the one-year, the 90-day, um, and depending on the size of your business, those KPIs could be for yourself, it could be for your general manager, your leadership team, um, but those are, you know, the, the way that we've found the best way to be able to get down to the nitty-gritty of those numbers. Know what your, if you're a production manager, um, and you're trying to figure out that first, second, okay, do we have a third shift, mm-hmm. um, where our, our sales are down or, or things like that, um, you know, when, when are we going to make those changes? And we try to set the KPIs at least 13 weeks out, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that there's going to be fluctuations and things like that, but let's get a rough idea so that if we need to hire employees, we can go through our hiring process. We can go through potentially a, um, a, a termination process or whatever kind of needs to happen to be able to stay within those, those metrics. Okay. And um, how do you um, how do you figure out what your metrics should be? I mean, when you go into a business and you're analyzing them and and you kind of see what's going on, how do you pick out which key performance indicators are the ones that are actually going to make a difference? That's they already know. They I do. mean, if you're a business owner, you know at the end of the year, you know what you want to be at or what you need to be at or where you want to be at. Okay. And starting with that that kind of big number and working backwards. Um, that's kind of my role as a coach is I don't, you know, I don't pick for you, you, you get to pick what your KPIs are. Um, and that kind of ties on to this, this methodology too, that we have of testing and measuring. So if we don't know what those KPRs need to be or should be. Well, let's start with a number. Let's start, let's start with an idea, do it for a month or two months or two weeks, whatever is, you know, congruent with your business and then, you know, test and measure another one, test and measure another one. Okay. and get some some things on paper so we can look back at it and then we can say okay this is the one we want to track this is mm-hmm. the one that's going to make the most momentum for us okay and and how, how do you um determine uh, looking at the numbers which levers to pull to get the expected results is, is there like a some tips you have on on doing that uh depends on what your goals are i think um, I mean, I work with businesses that are usually in the growth phase, 
and then also at the point where they're looking to potentially exit. Yeah. So at that point, um, you, so if, if your goals are to, are to grow, um, then I think you, it, it's, it's more, I don't know how to explain that. Oh, that's right. So, I, um, I use, uh, it's, just, it's so general. It depends if you're working yeah, in a restaurant. So my, so I, I like, I, like in my brain, I can picture like, okay, yeah, I need more leads so I can get more sales so I can get more whatever, but I, I'm not very good personally at quantifying those into uh, things to track. It's like, I, like, I'm really good at processing how to fix things that need to happen in my business, but I'm not so good at how to track that so I can identify the, the path that I'm on. And so I was, I was kind of trying to pick your brain a little bit so I so I could understand better how to, um, you know, how to quantify the steps to get the KPIs accomplished. Mm -hmm. so that, I would say, yeah, that helps. Yeah. So we have a methodology, it's called the five ways that we look at. Mm -hmm. So there are, um, it's kind of the numbers that you're able to actually affect. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about leads or customers and how that all kind of falls, you know, um, flows into your business, um, a lot of businesses don't track the five ways. They actually track more of the three ways is kind of what it is. So they know their, maybe their number of customers, um, their revenue and their profit, but how did they get those customers, mm. you know, working backwards from, well, I think I had a hundred people walk into my store. Okay. So how many bought, uh, 25. Okay. So we have, so that's a 25% conversion rate. Okay. Well, how did you get those hundred people into your store? Mm. Oh, Okay, so we did this marketing. Do you know which marketing they came through? Was it LinkedIn? Was it Facebook? Was it the mailer? Um, was it a special invitation? You know, and if we don't know those things, then we need to start asking that. Yeah. We need to ask, you know, customers, well, how did you find this today? How did you come in today? Oh, I was just, you know, if it's a retailer, I was just walking by in the neighborhood. Well, perfect. You know, now we at least we have a measure of how you're getting those hundred in. Mm. And then once we kind of test and measure that for a little while, then we can start to affect that. So if we're getting a lot of, um, a lot more walk, you know, kind of walk bys or walk in front of our, our retail store, rather than spending money on doing a direct mailer, well, maybe we need to shift that direct mailer. Maybe that's not working. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're just pinpointing it to the wrong customers, um, that kind of thing. So we can, we can affect, instead of having a hundred customers come in, we can get 120 customers to come in yeah. and what that does for all of those different metrics. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, when you when it's foot traffic, sometimes it's as easy as putting out one of those sandwich boards or whatever they call them, you know, the, those little, uh, little miniature billboards in front, uh, ex, an extra sign with your today's special and, and they walk by and they go, Ooh, you know, uh, some, some sort of stew and it sounds really delicious on a cool day or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But I, but I've noticed that sometimes, you know, are they like, uh, the local little Caesars pizza here, they've got the guy out on the side of the street dancing, you know, the sign, go get your pizza here. And you're like driving home and you're going, yeah, I don't want to cook, man. Look, Hey, look, there's that pizza guy there. I'll go, go grab a pizza from him. And, you know, exactly. or, and, uh, so it's, sometimes it's something as like little as that. I suppose. I know I've seen those new, uh, proximity things where it like shoots out like through Bluetooth or something to, you know, there's a special within a walking distance or something. I'm not, yeah. I don't know how that technology works necessarily, but it's kind of neat that it's out there. So um, it's really interesting. Yeah. 
So, and then we can take that even a, a step further too. So if you get those folks in that just, I don't want to cook tonight and I want to, you know, have a pizza. So is your staff trained that when, you know, not only did they ask them how they came in, oh, it was the, the dancing guy out there. He had some good moves. So I figured your pizza is probably good too. Um, once you get them in the door, how do you, do you have a script or a way to help them um, not only sell the pizza, but the cheese bread as well? Yeah. or grabbing a soda or some wings or kind of adding to that that's that's increasing your bottom line as well because not only did they buy one thing but yeah. they bought two things nice and then and then of course tell them hey blast this out to your friends uh, <laughs> on social media uh, yeah. since, yeah. since they're there i guess you might as well um so the business chassis is vital to growing my business and if it worked well um if it uh, if it worked well it will help me multiply my profits. I didn't know what that was referring to. So I thought maybe you'd know. Yes. So you'll learn a little more as you read through. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had to read the whole thing yet. So. Yeah. So the chassis is speaking to, um, and I think the one that it references in the, the book is the, um, the, the would you rather have a Volkswagen um, or a, I think it's the Audi, Audi TT. Like, would you rather have a, a, you know, a daily kind of regular car or would you rather have the sports car? Well, they actually both started on the same chassis, the same, the same base of the mm. car is the same. It's just all the other things that went on to it changed the, the form of it and the performance and horsepower and all that jazz. Mm. Um, so that's talking about, we have uh, what we call the six steps to our six step system. Um, so I mentioned the first one being mastery. So that's kind of your foundation that's putting control to chaos. Um, and then we go all the way. So our, our definition of a business is a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. Mm. So that's going from that mastery. It's going into kind of the marketing, finding your U, uh, USP. So your unique selling proposition or your niche. Mm -hmm. um, then we look at team. So we've got these other things going and then, cause I know a lot of people like to jump right to their team. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a couple other things that affect that. Then we go into team. Um, then we go into um, uh, potentially looking at um, our general manager and our synergies between how everything is working together. Mm -hmm. And then it gives the business owner options. So that's where that works without you. Okay. It gives the business owner, well, they can keep working in the business. It's generating, it's got synergy. It's got um, a general manager that's actually in there doing kind of the daily, daily tasks or mm -hmm. daily um, things that need to get done. So the owner has an option. They can stay in the business, continue to generate revenue for themselves, or they can go start another business. Um, they can, you know, now that they know how to run a business and every business has that same system. So yeah. that's kind of the idea behind the chassis. It's getting your foundation, figuring out your, your marketing, you know, getting your people together, um, getting your process and systems right. And then hiring that, that general manager or whatever that is for your industry to make sure all those things are working correctly. Um, that all is the same, whether you're in e-commerce or logistics or construction or, you know, whatever it is. Wow. That, that's fantastic. And um, so um, what would you say a couple uh, top like re revenue generating tips uh, that you could give um, say a small, um, say a small service business or something, you know, they got, you know, a handful of employees and they really uh, just 
they just need to, you know, just have a little bit more so they can, you know, cross the million dollar a year mark? What would be a couple revenue generating tips that you would normally give to them? That's a tough question. <laughs> I have, I mean, I have like 385 different tips at my disposal. <laughs> um, I would say, um, so, so if they, if they already kind of have a team, um, I, I know that the owners, you know, they, they kind of get caught in that trap of doing everything, you know, and that nothing can go out the door without my approval or my decision or things like that. And we talk a lot about the cycle of business. So it's, it's the owner, of course, that, that person started it. And then it's the team. And then it's the business. So if you have it where the owner is taking care of the team, making sure that they're getting what they need, they'll take care of the business. And then when the business is getting from the team everything that it needs, so is that, um, you know, marketing and care, customer care and all of those things, then the business takes care of the owner, if that, if that kind of makes sense. So the circle of business there. So yeah. that, I think that's an under underutilized formula sometimes um, because the business, the, the owner will go directly to the business as, and as opposed to allowing the them to take care of their team and their team to take care of their business, help your team do what they were hired to do so that they can take care of the business. And then everything flows a lot easier. Okay. Uh, And then the other big one for me is testing and measuring. So around, Mm. around marketing specifically is just because I think this is a little bit different now with kind of before COVID and after COVID, but there's no longer that this is just the way we've done it and that you really need to data is power. So everything that you're doing, testing and measuring. So if you're doing LinkedIn ads and you're not getting the return that you're looking for, um, doesn't mean that it's not working. It just means that whatever you're doing right now isn't necessarily working. So let's test and measure a couple of different titles, a couple of different pictures, right? You know, um, and kind of don't be married to just one thing. Um, and even if it's something that you don't like, there's you can always hire someone else to do it. And um, especially right now, just because we've done it five years ago or 10 years ago and it didn't work then, well, we know a lot more today. Yeah. So maybe we should try it again. Yeah, yeah I agree. We're, we're in, the, in the digital marketing space and, and we, I guess we call it A-B testing. But, um, you know, when we're, when we're going to go run, like, say, Facebook ads, for instance, or, you know, or, you know Google ads or, whatever, or, or LinkedIn ads, like you mentioned, um, you know, usually we do like, two almost identical ads, but one will have like one, one, like a different picture or a different uh, phrase or a different closing. And then we measure which one works best. And then once we pick that one out, then we make one other change and keep that one. And then we make one other change. And then we just keep iterating until we have, a, uh, you know, an ongoing system that seems to be producing the results that we're after. And that's kind of, uh, kind of the uh, process, how, how we do it on the, on the digital marketing end. Um, but it's yeah. the same same concept as what you're saying there, just different terminology, I guess. But mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yep. But uh, very very cool. Um, well, I wanted to give you one more opportunity to let people know where to find you again. I know we did it at the front of the hour, like or at at the end as well. Um, if you could tell them where to find you and um, and which social media platforms they should follow you on. Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, my website is my name, so it's Ashley Tap dot actioncoach.com um, LinkedIn at, at Ashley Tap, not the chess player <laughs> um, and then I, I am on Facebook 
Uh, my company is TAP Action Coach. So it's T-A-P-P Action Coach um, on Facebook. Perfect. And um, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Um, and then uh, everybody that's listening, um, make sure you go back and listen to this again and again, because I think there's a lot of nuggets in there that you could take notes on and then apply to your business. And it'd really help you grow your business faster. So uh, make sure you do that. And then of course, as we always have to say at the end, make sure you like, subscribe, share, support, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. And again, Ashley, thank you for being a great guest today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.